Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Are you more sanctified wearing clothes with Bible verses on them? To whom must we apologize when we have sinned? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible commentary that the God of peace may sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell all your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Babe. 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 Me. We have a studio in our house. We do. In the house. In the house. It's kind of echoey, though. Which we haven't had since we lived in Kansas. Right. This was supposed to well, make it easier. Kind of. For you to be on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> it's it's a whole new time zone. <laughs> True. A uh, whole new schedule, whole new time zone. It's been crazy. Yeah, it is kind of echoey in here. This whole wall uh-huh. to your right has absolutely nothing on it. And it's <laughs> the wall that is um, connected with the, the garage. That's true, it is. Yeah, the so, garage is on the other side of that. So even at that, it, there's like not much. We have to uh, <laughs> we have to do something with this something, wall yeah. we'll, to kind of we'll dampen the sound in here. We'll get it better. Now, you probably don't notice, you who are listening probably can't tell the reverb unless you're listening in headphones and then you can Maybe you can really a little hear. bit, yeah. Because yeah. I was listening to this in the car uh-huh. to just kind of get a feel of what does it sound like in your normal listening device. Yeah. And you don't notice the reverb that much. But if you put your headphones on, you do. Yeah, I so, notice. Yeah, well, we... But I have headphones We notice on, right so. now, yes. Because <laughs> we have headphones on. And it's quite echoey at our house, too. <laughs> we are grateful for it, though. Yes. Oh, so so let's... Beautiful home. Let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. We're going to talk about our move. Okay. First, let's open up with scripture. Yes. I think we... Uh, before we had taken our moving hiatus, uh-huh. I think we were in the Psalm, like we had started over with the Psalms. We had. So Psalm yes. 1 was what we started with. Uh-huh. And let's go on to Psalm 2. Sure. I don't think we had continued on to Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate on a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointed saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord mocks them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of Yahweh. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like a potter's vessel. So now, O kings, show insight. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. So as far as exposition on this psalm goes, just very simply, we see 
chaos happening in the world, nations fighting against nation. Mm -hmm. You have the unrighteous fighting against the unrighteous. Right. You have the unrighteous fighting against the righteous. Yes. But we put our trust and our hope in the Lord, our God. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Things are going from bad to worse, it seems like, because the Bible says that they will. Yes. But trust in God, for he will preserve us and uphold us with his mighty right hand, and you will not suffer the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And even the, the unrighteous and the mighty, when they come against you, will not destroy you because we are saved by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and Amen. promised an inheritance in his eternal kingdom. Yes. So there's our beginning to recording podcast in Arizona. Yes. <laughs> We're in Psalm 2. So we, uh, yes, have moved to Casa Grande, Arizona. That's what they call it here. The locals refer to it as Casa Grande. Yes. Just knocked off that last syllable. It's not Casa Grande. Nope. To most of the locals, it's Casa Grande. Casa Grande. And we to are... The, to the ones who have grown up here. Like, they've been here right. forever. Not just locals that have moved in. That's right. I still hear it both ways. Even around town, I'll oh, hear yeah, somebody say sure. Casa Grande or something like but that. But you can tell they're not from here. <laughs> We're not from here. We're not either. Yeah. <laughs> I had the chance to meet a bunch of pastors this past week. That was great. Probably a dozen pastors. And then, of course, uh, uh, being part of Providence Reformed Baptist Church, we continue to grow in the friendships that we have there in that church. Oh, yeah. Growing closer as a family. Once again, it feels like it's we've awesome. gone from one family to another family. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. That's the way it was when we went from Kansas to Texas mm-hmm. and then Texas to here. Yeah. Uh, how wonderful it is that wherever the body of Christ meets, you feel like you're with family. Because mm-hmm. we are. We're family. We're we brothers are. and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. So this is wonderful. And we thank the Friends of ours from Texas that helped to get us here. We thanked our new friends here in Arizona who have helped to get us into this house. Yeah. <laughs> a blessing that we have found this place, like you had said. Oh, yeah. And we're making it a home. I think we're getting unpacked faster here than we did in Texas. I'm uh, not. Well, maybe because, you know, I was pregnant in Texas. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> as soon we as we were unpacking, moved, <laughs> as soon as we moved into that house, you were pregnant. <laughs> That's true. That, that made things a bit more difficult. <laughs> there were boxes, though, when we were packing up from Texas to come here that we had never opened. That's because there wasn't room. Yeah, that was a we smaller went, house. We went from a huge house to, to a smaller house, which it really wasn't small, all things considered. Yeah, but it was but smaller it was small than for yeah. our family size. <laughs> so anyway. I hated the layout of that house. Unnecessary. I mean, I am not, I'm Boxes. not, uh, yeah, I'm not ungrateful to God. He, he's always taken good care of us, no matter where we are. Amen. But I just hated the layout of that house. Drove yeah. me crazy. This is great. I love this house. <laughs> this is wonderful. So, so we had a, a house that was really too big for us in oh, it's huge. Kansas. We were but talking we about for a steal. We did. We got an incredible deal on it. Yeah. And then made quite a bit off of it when we sold yes. it. So then we moved from Kansas to Texas and got a, a much smaller house. Yes. <laughs> By comparison, I think it was, it was half the size. Almost, yeah. By square footage. And so now we've moved here and they're right in between. Yep. So, and it seems like the perfect fit. Yes. The other one, uh, the one in Texas was too small. The one in Kansas was too big. Even when we were in Kansas, <laughs> we were talking about downsizing it. I feel like we're Goldilocks now. I know. <laughs> 
This house is too big. This one is too small. This one one is is just just right. right. Exactly. Ah, funny. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for contributions that you have made. Amen. We've had folks that have sent us gifts that is, you know, it's bought us pizza or paid for gas. Yes. Or something to that degree. Yeah, like I said, we're taken care of and and couldn't be more grateful. This is, of course, the Friday edition of When We Understand the Text, and you can send your questions to us at whenweunderstandthetext at gmail.com when we respond to questions from the listeners. Before getting to some questions, though, mm-hmm. I, uh, I had found a stat page on YouTube that I did not know existed. Oh, yeah. So I was okay. just I was on the what YouTube channel and was kind of poking around. I, was, I Mainly, I was looking for how many views have we had in the last month because I haven't done a new video in a month. So I was curious to see if anything had dropped yeah. since a new video. I, and it actually hasn't. We've gone up in viewership. Oh, praise the Lord. Even though I haven't produced any new content lately. But I, I found a stat page I didn't know was there. You can actually see major cities in the world. And the major cities that watch your channel the most. Oh, cool. And so get this. Here's the so fifth. Around the world. Around the world. Not just uh, U.S. Okay. But around the globe. Okay. These are the 15 major cities that watch when we understand the text the most. All right. By the way, the YouTube channel, in case you're not familiar with it, is youtube.com slash WWUTT. And there you find we have 400 videos on a variety of Bible topics. Mm-hmm. What major city in the world watches that channel the most? Nairobi, Kenya. What? That is crazy. Yeah. Now, when I say this major city watches our channel the most, it still accounts for only 0.1% of viewership to the what channel. Okay. And then even when I get down, like when I, when I get down to finally number four, number five or something like that in there. Then the percentage is so low, it doesn't even rank in the point. That's a zero percent. Yeah, yeah. it just comes out as zero (laughs) percent. That's funny. So in the grand scheme of things, as far as viewership goes, Mm -hmm. Nairobi only accounts for 0.1% of our entire viewership. But nonetheless, more people from that major city watch When We Understand the Text than any other major city on the globe. That's crazy. Is that not fascinating? Number two is Dallas, Texas. Okay, well, we were in the vicinity of that. That's so, right. So, you know, makes a little more sense, but that's awesome. So where would you think, where would you think number three would be? Would it be, uh, since Dallas, Texas is number two, for, uh, let me present it to you this way. Do you think it's in a blue state or a red state? I would assume red. Right. Because most conservatives live in right. red states. Right. Most, more than likely, we have conservative people that are conservative Christians watching right. our what channel. Right, of course. Number three is New York City. What? <laughs> New York City? <laughs> yep. Wow. One of the most liberal cities in the country. <laughs> I feel like it, that's the, the commercial. New York City. New York City. Yeah, right. You go from <laughs> Dallas to New York City. <laughs> that's crazy. Dallas is pretty liberal, though. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Los Angeles. What? Yep. (laughs) So it makes sense. Number two, Dallas. Okay. Yeah. We lived 90 minutes from there. Yeah. But then number three, New York. Number four, Los Angeles. Like there's no trend here. (laughs) We have friends in LA. So maybe. (laughs) Yeah. We actually get quite a few emails from California. We do. I've never ranked 
states. Like I've not tried to track it. Yeah. Where do we get the most emails from? If I had to guess, I would I would say Texas. Yeah. Uh, mid Midwest or that middle portion of the United States in general. We get more yeah. email from there than anywhere else. But we do get quite a few emails from California. As far as like the western side of the U.S. goes. Yeah. It's more from California than anywhere else. True. Number five, Houston. Nice. Houston, Texas. So there are two major cities in Texas in the top five. That's awesome. Number six, Chicago. Chicago. Yep. Nice. Number seven. I've never been there. Atlanta. Cool. We have friends there, too. My family lives there. And your family. I, my mom and dad are in Atlanta. And your aunts and uncles. And so that's probably, why, yeah, that's probably why Atlanta ranks in the top 10. It's mostly my parents. Yes, that's right. That are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Number one fans. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it also shows me like how much of the channel they watch. So like how long are they on the channel uh-huh. when they find a video? Even though Nairobi, Kenya is the major city where we've received the most viewers from than any other major city, they don't watch the channel very long. Huh. And more than likely, that's probably because it's in English. Right. And I don't think that is the number one language in in Nairobi. Hmm. Same with uh, the number nine uh, city. Well, first of all, number eight is London. Oh, cool. That's new. And number nine is Agartalia. Agartala. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know where that's at. That's in India. Oh, well, that's cool. And they also don't watch the channel very long. Okay. So we get a lot of hits from there, but they don't they don't stay on the channel long. Hmm. So that could be another. It Maybe they're might be all a caught up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen them all. <laughs> and then number ten is Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, neat. Yeah. So in the top 10, we have three major cities that are international. That's two, crazy. Two of them in Texas. And then, uh, yeah, then you have Atlanta, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York. Hmm. That's fascinating. I just found that. So just today I found that as I'm sharing that with you. <laughs> and the, yeah, like That's I said, really cool. I can see how long people watch. Atlanta watches a long time. They actually stay on it for quite a bit. So does Dallas. Huh. Los Angeles, yeah, pretty average. London, yeah, but it's the it's the major cities that are outside of the U.S. that don't watch as long. Hmm. Number eleven, Seattle, and they watch longer than any of the other ten. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah. Hmm. Number twelve, Sydney, Australia. Oh, fine. Number thirteen, Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, Quezon City in the Philippines. Oh, neat. And at number 15, Phoenix. Really? Yep. Huh. <laughs> Which we're just, we're just 45 minutes from there. We are. So we're practically a, uh, a suburb of Phoenix. And incidentally, uh, Phoenix also watches a long time. Hmm. So they're about tied with Atlanta for how long they... I wonder what they the consider channel. to be the the city. Like, do they include the suburbs or do they include like, you know, an hour outside of town or, well, I mean the city, but, you know, town. I or, think it's, or is it just inside the, the city limits? I would imagine it's your IP. And if your IP registers that major city, then it tracks. So it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you could be 30 minutes outside the city, but if the IP still registers that you're Phoenix. Okay. And that's how it's going to come back. Phoenix, incidentally, I just discovered this 
in moving here mm-hmm. is that it's like what the fourth largest major city in the U.S. I think so. I yeah. did not think it was. I would not have thought Phoenix. <laughs> I would have thought Atlanta was bigger than Phoenix. Yeah. But when I looked at the statistics, I don't even think Atlanta's in the top 20. Oh, really? Which was astonishing. I did not know that at all. That's odd. There's a lot of sprawl. Yeah. A lot of urban sprawl around Atlanta. It feels like you're in Atlanta forever. Forever. (laughs) Especially with all those drivers. Oh, my goodness. St. Louis is the same thing. You would hit mile marker 200. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Mile marker 200 in Missouri and you feel like you're in St. Louis. No, you got another 50 miles to go. Yes, you do. So those are some fun stats. I am going to try to get uh, some more what videos done before the end of the year, because this so far has been the year that I've produced the fewest number of videos. <gasps> Slacker. Number of factors. Yeah. Factor into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to try. My goal is to produce 10 more before the end of the year. Sweet. So uh, that way. Looking forward to it. That way, when I do the top 10 videos of the year, it's not just the 10 videos I produced this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can always put those in order. <laughs> so going into some questions here, this first one is actually quite a compliment. This is from Christian who says to whomever it may concern. My name is Christian and I first came across your what videos in 2020. I was going through a dark time in my life hmm. and I have never felt more separated from God. 2020 was a dark time for a lot of people. Yeah, it was. That was when COVID hit, people being isolated from one another. So Christian goes on to say, I was born and raised in a oneness Pentecostal church. And in the 17 years of being alive, I never truly felt close to God until recently. Your videos have helped spark a reformation and a true desire for doctrinal truth. You've inspired me to open up scripture and read it and to find a church in a congregation that preaches biblical truth. I now congregate in a church that has allowed me to be closer to God than ever before. Your videos have helped me open my eyes, clean my eyes and spirit, and help me to connect to what is at the center of it all, Christ and his message of eternal life. Much blessings to you, your family, and your ministry. I will continue to pray for you and continue to seek our God. Sincerely yours, Christian. Good name you've got there, Christian. Yeah, I know, that's, right? That's, that's almost, what I was thinking. That's like a Pilgrim's Progress story right there. <laughs> Definitely. You went, you went from being Pilgrim to Christian. That is awesome. So that is, a, that is a wonderful thing. And we thank you for taking the time to send us that, yeah. for that encouragement. When it comes to doing this ministry, we don't ask anything more of you than share this with somebody else. Yeah. Post a video on your social media pages. Let people know that you listen to the podcast. It's always been by word of mouth. Always. And we've, we, I don't know that I've ever paid a dollar for publicity. Mm. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, don't think for so. For the church we have in the past, but not. Yeah, like making brochures and stuff like that. Yeah, but but, but not like um, actually like being on I've not radio. Paid, yeah, paid for ads or, or something TV like that. Or right. Or billboard. I've never done that. <laughs> There's some podcasts out there I really enjoy listening to. And they'll run ads and they'll say, hey, we thank our ministry partners, da, 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 you know. Oh, that's cool. And it makes me go, I really like this podcast. They have a large audience. I want to, I want to buy ad space. Yeah. But then I think, "Ah, I can't afford that. (laughs) (laughs) We just moved. I got other things I got to spend money on. Yeah. Like, uh, like bills. Yeah. And conferences (laughs) from the, the what, um, the what stash. 
Oh, yeah, right. Well, yeah, if we ever get like overhead, it just goes back into the ministry, mm-hmm. which I would think buying ad space would probably count. Yeah. I mean, when we go to conferences, we we do booths sometimes. So would yeah, that but, be considered ad? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I, it's Maybe always been promotional. I mean, yeah. we meet people. About it's half the word people. Of mouth, that's right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> About half the people we encounter had never heard of us before. Oh, yeah. And we always see yeah. an uptick after a conference gets done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I suppose so. So maybe know. a little bit. We never we never have made, like, <clears throat> bank off of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> We've had some very generous people that have given wonderful gifts in the past. Oh, I meant that. And by the way, yeah. I'd, I said this last week before you were on. I would love to go through a list to say thank you to all the people that helped us, mm-hmm. whether it's packing up our house in Texas or unpacking us here yeah. in Arizona. Right. I'm just afraid I'm going to miss somebody and I don't want to offend anyone. Right. But I've talked to those people privately and have said, look, love you. Thank you so much for what you've done. There were people that gave money. Yeah. You know, and uh, prayed for and us. prayed for us. And oh, man, any of those things have been hugely beneficial to get us here. Yes. And so we're very thankful. There are still people in Texas helping us get the last touches on our house done, mm-hmm. which we couldn't get done before we left. We couldn't get those done while we were in the house. Right. That's definitely true. So uh, and some of those people are being paid for their work. It's not like it's all volunteer, but it's still it's amazing that there are people doing it for us while mm. we're not there. Yes. And, I, you know, I'm not even a pastor at that church anymore. So you're not mm-hmm. benefiting from my teaching there or anything like that. Yeah. We're very grateful. We mention you in our prayers when we pray together as a family. Amen. <laughs> and I know that you have mentioned us as well. So we're thankful for that. That we do. All right, this next one, this comes from Natasha. Oh, yeah, this is another comment. So this isn't a, this goes back a little bit, babe. Okay. I think this was in October. So we're we're back a month. Okay. Remember when you couldn't figure out a certain statement and you kept saying timeless and true? Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Okay. Yes, it drove me nuts. So this is from Natasha. <laughs> okay. And she says, hello, the phrase about a timeless name that Becky was trying to think of was tried and true. Tried and true. Yes. Michelle Leslie also has um, has texted me and <laughs> told you what it was. And told me what it was. That's right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Thank you, Natasha. Kept saying timeless and true over and over again. It was so frustrating. I couldn't like, think of it either, though. I'm like, Oh, it's something. It's it's just right there. Right. It just wouldn't it wouldn't click. You kept saying it and I'm thinking in my head, I know I know what she's trying to say, but I can't find it. Yeah. Because now all I hear is timeless and true. I know. <laughs> I know. I probably ruined you all. <laughs> I knew that wasn't it. This one's from Carrie. He says, Pastor Gabe, have you seen this ad for Jonathan Judah Isaac's new basketball shoe? He says that he puts Bible verses on all of his shoes. What are your thoughts about this? Are we more sanctified by wearing shoes with Bible verses on them than by wearing regular shoes? Thank you for when we understand the text. Okay, let's watch this ad. Okay, I don't, I don't watch the NBA. Um, I, I kind of know who Jonathan Isaac is because he's made some statements in like post game interviews that are very Christian. Okay, and so those things will go viral. Okay. I've seen him before. I've heard him talk before. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't, I I have not watched pro basketball in years. Here's the ad for this basketball shoe. We'll go ahead and play the whole ad and then we'll kind of, we'll listen to parts of it. All right. Here we go. 
To live bold means standing up for what you believe in. What would it look like to give people the freedom to wear their values on their feet and just have that freedom to say, this is who I am, this is what I stand for. Making a decision to be authentically you, no matter what anybody has to say about it, no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what you may face or come up against. Who you are is not defined by what you do, how good you are at something. Who you are is defined by striving to become a better version of yourself. This is the first basketball sneaker with a visible Bible verse on the outside. And I tried my best to come up with Bible verses that were important to me and spoke to my journey and spoke to who I am as an individual. When it comes to the encore performance of the shoe, what I absolutely needed to be was a real basketball sneaker. And so it's robust, it is strong. And so I'm excited for people to check it out and get their hands on it. So whether you are on a basketball court, whether you're a teacher, whether you are a mailman, you have the opportunity to walk in true greatness by the decision that you make each and every day. Understanding that Christ is with me and I'm never alone gives me the strength to live bold. I can't wait to lace them up. And I'll be saying to myself, 2 Corinthians 4.9, it says, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. And I'll walk on that court. All right, initial thoughts there on that. You have to have special <laughs> shoes to walk around with greatness. <laughs> I mean, it is a for-profit shoe. Yes, of course. So it's not like he's, you know, <clears throat> he's making these. It. Yeah, exactly. He's he wants to make money off a of basketball sure. shoe. Sure. And it's a hundred and fifty dollar shoe. Okay. I went well, online and looked it up. That's so. about average for basketball shoes. It's like obviously. an Air Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I I don't know. I mean, I think you should be able to wear whatever you want to wear anyway. Sure. And I think it's awesome to share the gospel or to have like a Bible verse to show that this is who you are. I mean, I'm not discouraging of that by any means. It's like wearing a Christian t-shirt. Yeah. If you want exactly. to wear that, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think that you're more sanctified from it. Exactly right. You're not more sanctified. There was a quote from Martin Luther. I didn't pull this up before this episode, but he said something to the effect of like a, a Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. lest, lest even a shoemaker think I have to put a Bible verse on the shoe in order to have a Christian shoe. Right. Now you're a Christian. Right. Do your work to the glory of God. Right. Which which I think he does encompass that whenever he says that he he made it, you know, robust and, and whatever the other yeah, word was. Well done shoe. Yes. Sure. And and you know, we we today embellish our shoes, make them flashy in some way or or whatever. So um, Yeah, stylize it. Yeah. I mean bling it up. <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't wear white shoes, you know. I mean <laughs> come on. <laughs> well let me let me go back through it we'll stop at different parts here okay and like i don't mean to denigrate the guy no 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 not you by know, any means great christian guy i don't have uh, any reason to say otherwise but you're just you're not better for wearing a christian shoe right that's an ad right so don't be sucked in by that and think you right. know I, I gotta i got part with my money to buy a shoe with a bible verse on it uh and he I makes mean, it's, it's not quite the same as like buying a hanky you know, like those icky hankies or whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> from um, from where 
where they were like the blessed, the the anointed, you know. Oh, like, you mean the farting preacher guy? Is that who that is? Yeah. I have no idea. It's it's not like you're you're being suckered into buying <laughs> junk. <laughs> If it's a quality shoe. Yeah, it was Robert Tilton who did the thing on TV where he would sell the hankies. Yeah, it's just totally, I, I want to avoid it. But that was the only thing I could think of. But all of the expressions on his face looked like he was farting. Oh, So funny. somebody That's did a video why. that okay, way. Okay. And, and then he became known as the farting preacher. Hang on, I'll, I'll even play a clip for oh you here. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Here's the farting Watch boy. this. Peter first was in fear when Jesus told him to launch out. It's amazing when the Lord speaks to you. Call me right now. Hallelujah. Let's get the, the vows and all the prayer requests here. What's the, what time do we have? Two will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, that's enough. I just I had to do a little bit for you there. That's more than enough. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the farting preacher. Okay. Robert Tilton. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back to the basketball shoe thing. Yes. Here we go. Yeah, all right. So, anyway. Oh, okay, go ahead. What I was what I was getting at is that you're you're not buying just junk just to be sanctified. You know, it's 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 an actual product. Yes. That was that was my whole point. Okay, there you go. All but right. then you took off with it yeah. in another direction. Then I had to throw in some guy humor. Oh my that, goodness. Yep. <laughs> to live bold means standing up for what you believe in. Okay, to live bold <laughs> means standing up for what you believe in. Sure. We're not supposed to be uh, ashamed of the gospel. But that's not what he's talking about, though. I mean, the gospel's never mentioned in the end. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. What would it look like to give people the freedom to wear their values on their feet? What would it look like to give people the freedom to wear their values on their feet? It's an odd statement. Our, I have our, the freedom to wear I, my values on I was going to say, our, our freedom, <laughs> is our freedom taken away from us? Yeah. That? It's not giving us freedom. I mean, surely you could say that our freedoms are being eroded in the U.S., but just because you've made a shoe with a Bible verse on it is not giving someone freedom. Right. It, it, that's a persuasive statement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so far in the very beginning, it's all persuasive. He's selling a shoe. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just have that freedom to say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Making a decision to be authentically you, no matter what anybody has to say about it, no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what you may face or come up against. What I was looking at was, uh, or what came to my mind was, was more along the lines of, um, you know, if you're going to wear Christian anything, Bible verse, saying, whatever, people are, are likely to hound you in today's society about it. Sure. Regardless if it's on a shoe or on a shirt or on a hat. How much does somebody really look at the heel of your shoe to see that there's it's a Bible the verse on it? Yes. Oh. And it, all it says is... Two C O R four nine. Hmm. Now he's going to make a statement coming up here in just a moment that this is the first shoe with a Bible verse on it. I think that Stephen Curry would have something to say about that. Oh yeah, uh huh. Stephen Curry has the basketball shoe that says "I can do all things." Yep, and that's "I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens, strengthens me." me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is <laughs> you know that's that's the frustrating thing about this is it's another athlete taking a bible verse and making it sound like 
the Bible verse helps me win basketball games. Right. I'm not saying that's his motivation. That's just the way that comes across. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we've heard many, many times how uh, Philippians 4, that verse from Philippians 4, how often that gets taken out of context to say you can win a marathon. A lot. Yeah. Yes. All the time. It's like the athlete's favorite verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This one, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 9, is persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Has nothing to do with playing basketball. True. And not to say that, you know, Judah is trying to make it sound like it has something to do with playing basketball. But he's this is an ad. He's it selling is. a shoe. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you have to be real careful that you're not taking the Lord's name in vain. That's true. When you want to do something like this. That's... That's between him and God, mm-hmm. but you still, you know, you have to consider those kinds of things if you do something like this. Who you are is not defined by what you do, how good you are at something, who you are. Hang on, hang on. Who you are is not <laughs> defined by what you do. Who you are is not defined by what you do, how good you are at something, who you are is defined by striving to become a better version of yourself. Isn't that what you do? <laughs> Great point. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Just uh, when, sometimes when I first played through, I didn't understand that either. But I mean, that that really like, huh? <laughs> it still doesn't make sense. To yeah. Me. Um, who you are is what you do. Yeah. There's that quote from John Owen. Who you are in secret is who you really are. Right. Yes. This is the first basketball sneaker with a visible Bible verse on the outside. Which is, yeah, again, Stephen Curry's already done that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I tried my best to come up with Bible verses that were important to me and spoke to my journey and spoke to who I am as an individual. Well, that part's awesome. When it comes to- okay, say that again. Well, that part's awesome. Okay. I'm glad that he's using those Bible verses that has spoke to him through his walk that um, he can promote easily because he's famous basketball player right you know what i mean like yeah. he has that opportunity to go ahead and and share that yeah and and it, from the sounds of it he is in his interviews and stuff like that is that right yeah oh yeah an authentic christian yeah yeah takes so a stand he's doing a great job takes a stand not just on declaring that he's a christian mm-hmm. there are many superstars that will say i want to give glory to god right i thank you so much god for bringing me here and you know whatever yeah that happens a lot it does but he uh makes actual you know, moral stances against the the cultural climate, mm-hmm. even in questions that he gets asked. Okay. So I think he's an authentic guy. Again, not to denigrate the guy, but this is this is really full of a lot of big evangelical language. Yeah. The kinds of commercial Christian language that we're used to hearing that that's your typical Christian platitudes. And it's a commercial, so it's persuasive. Yeah, right. So it's going to make you want to buy it. To sell a basketball shoe. Yes. The encore performance of the shoe, what I absolutely needed to be was a real basketball sneaker. And so it's robust, it is strong, and so I'm excited for people to check it out and get their hands on it. Now you know how much I love the word. I have dedicated my life to teaching it. Mm -hmm. But what matters the most to me in this ad is that it's a quality basketball shoe. Hmm. Not that it has a Bible verse on it, but he made a quality basketball shoe. When I go to buy shoes... I'm not going to buy shoes that have verses on it. 
Although there could be something printed on the shoe that absolutely keeps me from buying it. That's very true. Yes. <laughs> but no what matter I, the quality. What I want in a shoe. Or the price. Is a good quality shoe. <laughs> right. So that part of the ad says something to me more so mm-hmm. than the other things See, that he's saying. See, that's what I was thinking too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So whether you are on a basketball court, whether you're a teacher, whether you are a mailman, you have the opportunity to walk in true greatness by the decision that you make each and every day. So a teacher and a mailman need basketball shoes. <laughs> I like think true basketball shoes. I, I mean, it's an ad. So I think that he's just saying that, you know, you don't have to be a basketball player to wear these shoes. But but you kind no matter of, what your walk in life you kind of do because they make them specifically for the court not outside I know but when like I was maybe a, a teacher sure because yeah. it's inside most of the time but um, when, when I was a kid I wore high tops all the time high tops sure but were they basketball shoes oh yeah high tops are basketball shoes not always oh sure <laughs> a high top shoe is a basketball shoe all right. Well, in fact, I, I hardly, high- I hardly ever hear them called high tops anymore. I don't even remember. I, no, that's that's me saying that's the first time I've heard that term in years. Yeah, well, I used to wear <laughs> high tops too, but they were never basketball shoes until I went out for basketball, and then my mom had a cow that it was so much money to spend on shoes. So. Yeah, <laughs> even the Converse All Stars. What are they called? Chuck the Chuck. Uh, Chucks. Yeah, Chucks. Mm-hmm. Chuck something though, isn't it? I don't know because it's made by Chuck Norris. I don't know. It, what? <laughs> I just, that's the most common Chuck I know. So it's Chuck oh, Norris. Yeah, okay. Either that or Chuck E. Cheese. Is yeah. Chuck E. Cheese yeah, where no. these, yeah, they're called Chucks, right. But anyway, the Converse All-Stars, those are basketball shoes. They're terribly uncomfortable basketball shoes. I was going to say, those are awful for basketball. <laughs> yeah, but they're basketball shoes. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, going on. Understanding that Christ is with me and I'm never alone gives me the strength to live bold. I mean, that's a great statement. It's true. Oh, yeah. Understanding that Christ is with me gives me the strength to live bold. Yeah. And it goes back to the statement that he said at the very beginning about, uh, you know, standing up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that should be true for every Christian. Amen. We know that Christ is with us. That should give us boldness in our present day. Yes. Can't wait to lace them up. And I'll be saying to myself, 2 Corinthians 4, 9, it says, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Which has nothing to do with playing basketball. I mean, if you lose a no. basketball game, you're not struck down. But but in the beginning, he said that he um, put verses on there that helped him through his walk. Not that have to do with basketball. Understood. And we probably know what that means. But but what is that saying to a person who's not a believer? Eh, true, true, true. Or even has that mile wide and inch deep theology, right. you know? Yeah, that's true. Hang on, I still have the video for farting preacher up. I'm trying not oh to hit trying not <laughs> trying not to that. hit play on that one. Don't do it. Here we go. And I'll walk on that court. Anyway, that was the end of the video. So there. <laughs> but yeah, the, going back to Carrie's question, are we more sanctified wearing shoes with Bible verses on them than by wearing regular shoes? No. No. Because the shoe doesn't sanctify you. No. Buy the quality shoe that you need. Right. <laughs> that will I mean, last. If, if you want to buy the Judah one, that's the name of the shoe. Best bang for your buck kind of thing. Go for it. I mean, maybe you would rather put your money toward a shoe with a Bible verse on it than buy a pair of Air Jordans. Yeah. Michael Jordan doesn't need your money. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> or you could buy a cheap pair of shoes and write the Bible verse that means, means the most to you on your shoe. Yeah, you could do that as well. And like I said, I do have that, you know, there's that kind of that thing in me whenever somebody is using the name of Christ or using a verse like this to sell a shoe. Yeah, you cringe. It, it does. Right. It does kind of have a sense of, again, not to denigrate the guy. I'm sure he's genuine. That's between him and God. But there's still something about that that just makes me go. Mm. Yeah. But I could also see how that that ad would make people want to go buy his shoes too. Sure. Yeah, there's people out there too that have that mindset of we need to take dominion. And this is another way we take dominion. We're even taking dominion over athletics and clothing and things like that when we and it's just not true. I mean you're not seizing a piece of the market somehow just because you've printed clothing with Bible verses on them. It needs, I mean, you can wear your value, sure. It needs to be seen in what you do, even exactly. though he made the statement in there about how uh, you're not what you do. Who you really are is not what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, what you do is going to be a reflection of who you really are. Yeah. That's like when uh, an athlete or a superstar or somebody like that gets in trouble. <laughs> Okay. And then they do their apology to the media and they say, this is not, not who, who I, I really am. Like. Yeah. 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 It's, I see that all the time. It's not just an athlete, but yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just our sin nature. <laughs> but remember in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, remember what the Jews did in response to that instruction. They would put the little the little thing on their door to touch whenever they walk through the door to remind them of that passage. Mm. Or you've seen the type of wear where they have that little box on their head and it's the oh yeah it's the shema that's been rolled up in a piece of paper and put in that little box so they got it on their head and it's like as frontlets between your eyes mm-hmm. there were jews that would do gestures like this and still do it to this day i remember when one of the houses that we were looking at when we moved to, oh it was when we were moving in kansas we were still in junction city okay we we're buying our first house one of the houses we went to go look at had that thing on the doorpost when you walked in, and I knew a Jewish family had previously lived there hmm. because they put that thing on the doorpost. You would touch it every time you walked in, and that was supposed to be in fulfillment of this statement in Deuteronomy 6. Well, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, none of those gestures mean anything. Right. That's true. doesn't matter whether you have the thing on your door or where this thing is frontless between your eyes or you write Bible verses on your hand. If it's not in your heart and you're not doing according to what God has said, then it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. This is uh, earlier this week when uh, I was in Matthew 15, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? You acknowledge me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could fall in the same sort of thing with a basketball shoe. Yeah. You could think that you're doing something more Christian because you're wearing a basketball shoe or a Christian T-shirt or otherwise. Mm-hmm. But how much do you know the word? How much are you worshiping God? How much are you doing what he has said? Storing up your treasures in heaven. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
looking to things that are above where Christ is, mm-hmm. not to things that are here on earth. And I feel like I have to qualify this over and over again every time I see th- say this. I'm not trying to trash a basketball shoe. Right. <laughs> it's just that, it, like I said, it bugs me whenever I see this stuff used to sell a product. Yeah. Are you doing it in vain or does it truly mean something? Are you trying to minister to somebody with this? Right. Because in the ad, there's no mention of the gospel. Yeah, but I'm wondering if that's because he wasn't able to. You know what I mean? Probably not. I think that ad was put out by Daily Wire. Hmm. I think. The ad I got from, uh, who was it, Nathan, that sent us the question. No, this next question is from Nathan, which we don't have time to get to. So, Nathan, I'm going to hold on to your question (laughs) until next week. (laughs) (laughs) I do have time to do Naveen's here. This one won't be as long. But uh, anyway, uh, so the but, Carrie was the one that sent that question. Carrie. Yes. But, but what I was getting at is that you, instead of like, instead of putting your money towards wearing stuff and that you would actually implement your values into like invest your values into your team and make sure that they're respectful and just. Oh, know. you're like, like the team that you play on. If yeah. you're an athlete and OK, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. Right. That that's more important than wearing a shoe that has a Bible verse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're investing in people. Right. Not clothing products. You're, you're actually walking the walk, you know, like um, evangelizing, if you will. Yeah, sure. So like verbally and loving on them and yeah. Yeah. Showing love to one another. Absolutely. Yeah. You're onto something there. All right. This last one. This is from Naveen. Hello. Praise the Lord, brother, for your ministry. To whom do we need to confess when we lied? If I told a lie about my marks to avoid embarrassment as I got the lowest marks in the class, do I then need to go to every one of my classmates to whom I lied and confess to them and ask forgiveness from them? Or can I ask God for forgiveness? And that's enough. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know why I'm so froggy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like you said, I always wait till the end of the day to do do. this. You do. So you get um, more froggy. I do. It's weird. Anyway, um, that's a great question because I used to uh, use that as a, like, I I ask God for forgiveness. So So you don't have to go to anybody else. (laughs) Because it's embarrassing. And I, I don't know. I always justified it like that. So tell me, what's the Bible say? <laughs> I was trying to think if uh, if I've ever done this to you. I've, I wonder if, like, did I sin to such a degree that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask God for, I'm not going to bug Becky with this. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been the way I reasoned it in my mind. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's been an occasion, but I can't think of one when at the moment. When you polish off my snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not far away from Matthew 18 as we're going through our study in the Gospel of Matthew. And when I get there, I want to slow down a little bit because it's in that passage that we read about church discipline. Mm. And I'll probably spend... Oh, he's getting church disciplined for this. Yeah, right. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, I'll probably want to spend time there Mm. about, uh, you know, just talking about different methods of church discipline. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it always that four-step process that's outlined there in Matthew 18, or are there other ways of church discipline that are talked about in the scripture? Right. So when I get there, we'll spend a little bit more time on that. But consider what's said about when you sin against a brother. Mm-hmm. So 1815. So a, a oh, brother. go ahead. Yes. To clarify, it's, right. it's a brother it's in a brother, Christ. It's a brother in Christ, right. Not just 
anybody. Right. Okay. I'm just going to use this as a basis. We'll look at a couple of other passages as well. Sure. But just starting with this. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two others with you so that the mouth of two or three by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Now, right after Jesus gives this to the disciples, Peter says in verse 21, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. But but that's about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So how often do I forgive the person seven times? No, but I tell you 70 times seven, which is just to say you're not going to keep track. Right. You're going to continue to forgive your brother as often as he asks for forgiveness. Well, what about confession? Like, who do you need to confess to whenever you have sinned? James chapter 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And this is also with the fam uh like your brothers and sisters in christ it seems to be in the context of like a church body yeah yeah okay who who is it that you have wronged that you think that you need to apologize to i would say your conscience plays a big deal in that yeah like so so regarding this scenario naveen did you lie about your marks to your classmates do you feel like you need to go to the whole class and apologize to them that that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like, if you feel like you need to go apologize to them, then go ahead and use that as an opportunity to spread the gospel. Like, mm-hmm. use that as a gospel opportunity, if you will, and just say that, you know, you felt convicted over this and that you really wanted to say that you're sorry for lying about it. And yeah, and you're you're convicted because you are saved. And uh, right. you're being sanctified. Because James that. also says, for the person who knows the right thing to do but doesn't do it, for him this is sin. Uh-huh. It may not be something that was explicitly said in Scripture, like were you dishonest about the grades you got in your class. Right. But if you have known that this was the right thing to do, but you did the opposite of the right thing, well, now you've sinned. You've uh-huh. violated your conscience. You've been dishonest with somebody else. I would say a good thing to do, talk to the teacher of the class. Can I address the class and apologize? Yeah. If this is a real scenario, if this is something that's really happened with you, or were you just providing it for an example? Right. But if you feel like you need to apologize to the class, would that be standing in front of the class or and apologizing to them? Should you go to them all individually and apologize? They're, they're, or gather who was there around you, you Yeah. Know, if it was only like five out of the class or whatever. There is a certain sense in which... Your conscience will guide you. Mm-hmm. Not that we should follow our heart. No. Or believe in yourself or any of those kinds of no. things. But the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit convicting your heart. Mm-hmm. And in that conviction, what do you think you need to do? Mm-hmm. There, There is a sense in which we can ask that question and the Bible's not going to give you an explicit answer on it. Right. But your conscience will guide you under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There's the, what? what is it? The song in uh, Pinocchio. 
where Jiminy Cricket says, and always let your conscience be your guide. Oh, yeah. That? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, man, that's been forever ago. <laughs> now, that's true if your conscience is trained in the scriptures. Right. It is being guided by the Holy Spirit. Right. It's not true in like whatever you whatever thought pops into your mind must be your conscience. So therefore, God is speaking to you and this is what you should do. Yeah, you you have to be discerning. Your your brain will lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) It will. Right. There's there's still a war that we're fighting with temptation and the Mm. devil's snares and things like you. So you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. Yes, Definitely. But there is a sense in which your conscience guides you in understanding what, how should you be responding in this situation? Mm-hmm. Who do you need to apologize to? Right. And I would say if you think that your conscience is telling you these are the people I need to apologize to, then that's who you go and apologize to. Mm-hmm. Then there's, you know, there's a statute of limitations concept, which isn't uh, too far from reality. <laughs> Where in the law in America, you have the statute of limitations. If it's beyond a certain number of years, the person can't be charged for that crime. Right. You know what I mean? But I think if it's still eating you up, no matter how much time has passed. Yes. But I would say, I would say that there's still a measure of discernment that has to be used here. Because say you sinned against somebody 10 years ago, Uh would it really be wise to go to that person and apologize to them for something that you did 10 years ago? Or are you dredging up hurt feelings and things like that again? So to satisfy your own guilty conscience, you go and apologize to them. But now you've now welled up a bunch. Right uh, now yeah, you've welled true. up a bunch of stuff in them. Sure. Is that really? I could see that. Yeah, mm. that's something you need to handle between you and the Lord. Right. And and that's where um, a pastor's advice will come in. Very very, um, I would say handy, but not really handy. It's it's the the wisdom of many counselors. You know, so if you have a mentor, go right. to the mentor. If you have your pastor, you should have a pastor. Go to your pastor, lay it all out, and then ask for advice. Yeah, especially if this is uh, like the scenario you're giving here is something that's really going on. Mm-hmm. Because your pastor knows you right, would probably have some familiarity with the scenario mm-hmm. and would be able to give you better instruction and better guidance right. than strangers on a podcast. Right. <laughs> we're just guessing. But we're appreciative of the uh, of the question anyway. Scripture. That's, that's right. That's the only thing we can do. So Yeah. And Becky makes a good point there with there's there's wisdom with many counselors. Mm-hmm. So those people who know you, yeah. What would they say with regarding this uh this circumstance, this situation? Not just know you, but also are um more mature in the faith. Mm-hmm. So all right. Well, thank you, Naveen, yeah. for your question. Yeah. And for everybody who sent questions today, once again, if you have questions you'd like to submit, send them to whenweunderstandthetext at gmail.com. Because we haven't done a Q&A in about a month, oh, I, I really? have. It has been. Oh, man. Because I did. guys. We missed a Friday in there, and then I did a three-parter without you. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's been a month. You've missed a month. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I miss you guys. Yeah. I miss doing this with you, though. Yes. And now we're like across the table from we one are. another. We're, we're actually look looking. At you. <laughs> we're looking at each other when we did this. Oh, that's funny. We got to get rid of the ring in the room we do. somehow. Yeah, the extra echo. But, uh, and these shelves, even though like filling shelves will reduce the sound a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm planning on those shelves going upstairs. Oh, yeah. In the playroom. Oh. And then doing shelves like back here. I want to put my keyboard right here. 
This wall He's would got it all planned out. Yeah. <laughs> this wall would actually have panels on it uh-huh. that would help reduce the sound. Okay. So wasn't planning on putting shelves up here, but uh, there was some, one of our listeners had uh, sent us some sound panels when we were in Texas. Yes. And I did hold on to those. So yep. I still have those. They are. That, that'll go on this wall over here somewhere. Okay. We'll make it work. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> and then the sound will only improve. <laughs> we have the we have this room in our house where we can record yes. broadcast so you you have no excuse to miss. No excuse. <laughs> no Other excuse. than you wait too long. That's right. <laughs> or you're feeling sick or when the kids are sick. Yeah, yeah. That never happens. Still happens. <clears throat> All right, let's finish with prayer. Yes, let's. Now, we we're looking at each other. We're across from one another. But I can't reach you. I can't reach your hand now. <laughs> You guys don't know this, but we would hold hands when we would pray at the conclusion. Yes. And now we can't reach each other. And now we can't. <laughs> I'll pretend. I'll see if I can't uh, resolve that somehow. Maybe move it Next around week. the table a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for the opportunity that we have through this broadcast to read the scriptures and reflect upon your word and apply these things to our lives that we may be sanctified, made more holy. And also be obedient to those things that you have commanded us. We can encourage one another that we may walk in holiness and uprightness before you and help us to remain steadfast, fixed upon your word in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation in which we are to shine as lights in the world, as said in Philippians chapter two. Keep us immersed in these things, meditating on these things, that the life of Christ may be reflected in our lives, not by the clothes that we wear, although there is certain attire that we should wear just in modesty out of obedience to Christ. But uh, may it be in the lives that we lead, as Paul had said in 1 Timothy chapter 2, with godliness and good works. So may that be the mark that is upon our lives also. And we encourage one another in these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's some podcasts out there I really enjoy listening to, and they'll run ads, and they'll say, hey, we thank our ministry partners, da 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 you know. Oh, that's cool. And it makes me go, I really like this podcast. They have a large audience. I want to I buy ad space. Yeah. But then I think, ah, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, we just moved. I got other things I got to spend money on. Yeah. Like, uh, like bills. Yeah. And conferences <laughs> from the, the what... Um, the what stash. Oh yeah. Right. Well, yeah. If we ever get like overhead, it just goes back into the ministry, mm-hmm. which I would think buying ad space would probably count. Well, would the, <laughs> I didn't re- I've never heard that while I've done this. Cause I've always been, <laughs> I've always been, uh, uh, doing this late at night when everybody else is asleep. <laughs> I didn't realize how much a toilet flush sounded in here. Now I know. (laughs) And knowing is half the battle. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. Shall we continue? Check the time so I can see. When I edit this, I know where the toilet flush was. (laughs) 